The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. and Jenny Frumer. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, Leadership Matters. Good afternoon, and thank you for tuning in to Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. I'm Cheryl G., and I bring you greetings from the Neighborhood House Association in San Diego, California. Today, we are going to be continuing the conversation we've been having all month on Think Global, Act Loco, and got to bring it in maybe from a different perspective with regards to um, really thinking, not so much of Think Global from an international perspective, although it could certainly apply in that arena as well, but thinking global from a strategic perspective. So before I say a little bit more, I want to welcome to the show our um, co-host for the hour, Linda Schub. Linda, thank you for joining me. Hello. Good to be here, Cheryl. Yes, and Linda is also based here in San Diego, California. Linda is with OEC Strategic Solutions, and I'll say strategicsolutions.com. Linda, is that how people can reach you if they wanted to get in touch with you? Sure. Okay. Uh, my telephone number okay. is 619-992-6211. Wonderful. And then also on the line is our fabulous associate producer, Ms. Valerie Wright. Valerie, would you like to um, introduce yourself? Yes. Thank you, Dr. G. I'm uh, CEO of Right Ideas Unlimited, a organization development company. We started about two years ago, and I am the associate producer for the show. Wonderful. Hey, Valerie, people want to get in touch with you after the show. What's the best way for them to contact you? Oh, they can reach me at writevaleriek at aol.com, and they can also go to our website, www.writeideasunlimited.com or call 561-721-6405. Excellent. And Valerie is located Thank in you. West Palm Beach, Florida. Yay. <laughs> yeah. It's a global group. Basically <laughs> <Right>. global. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um I I think before we get started on today's topic, uh, which we're going to kind of, again, bring it in a little bit from thinking of global as international to really thinking of global as from a strategy perspective, I'm going to see if Linda, who actually led our show last week, wants anything she wants to say in retrospect or kind of in tying up or tying together the piece that was shared last week. Linda, any thoughts from last week? Yes, I do. It's um, interesting because as we're wrapping up this June theme of Think Global, Act Local, last week our guest was Peter McGlagan, who is the Vice President of Poseidon Water and is the project uh, developer on the Carlsbad Desalination Project. 
and we spent a lot of time talking about his vision and the 11-year journey he had gone through to get all the approvals. And I didn't pull together because it was so embedded in the conversation, but I didn't pull together some of the incredible leadership traits, which is going to be part of the topic we're discussing today, that Peter had demonstrated across that journey. And um, it's probably a mea culpa that's due here because so often... I put it right into the language of the conversation, but when you're talking about the ability to sustain a vision, a long-term vision for 11 to 15 years, when you're talking about the ability to influence um, statewide commissions and water authorities and cities and regions and bring the community together so that they achieved the 85 percent approval that they did in the community where the desalination plant, which happens to be the largest desal plant being built in the northern hemisphere, um, it takes incredible leadership, influence, patience, knowing the right people and what um, is behind the scenes for them, what pressure they get from political forces, uh, seen and unseen. And I just wanted to once again thank Peter for the discussion he held with us and bring together some of the thoughts of the skills he demonstrated um, while running other projects, while managing his own company, while uh, leading and uh managing people, and trying to get the whole region to think at a much higher strategic level mm-hmm. instead of tactical and, you know, what if this doesn't go right? right. One of the focus he kept coming back to mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. Uh, think big, think up, think how good this would be for the greater good. Mm-hmm. And I thought that might be a good way to start off some of that. Uh, thought process we'll be having today on the show. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, Thank you so much for bringing Peter to the show. Peter, thank you again for your contributions. And, um, you know, that's definitely right on with regards to what we want to talk about today with regards to pushing it up, kind of getting out of the weeds, making sure that we're spending some time in the balcony, which we'll talk a little about later, and not so much on the dance floor to where we can't really see the full picture and navigate in such a way. You know, as you were talking um, one of the things that came to mind that you said was a characteristic or a trait or a behavior, depending on how you frame it, that Peter had to have in order to really be able to sustain that vision and move through the muckety-muck through the years to accomplish um, what's now come to fruition as this major project, not to mention all the other things along the way. But the trait that stood out for me was patience. I remember another one of our hosts, I mean, one of our guests, rather, um, sometime back, Harold Tuck, who is just absolutely fabulous. I'll have to make a note to have Harold on the show again, because I think he came on to talk about IT, but I picked up so many things outside of the um, IT land from him. But I remember him saying, the moment you lose your patience, 
is the moment you lose. And he said the moment you lose your patience is the moment you lose your job. Or he might have just said the moment you lose your patience is the moment you lose. But what I have um, taken from that is really not acting out of a space of impatience. And, and really, I think the moment you lose your patience is the moment you lose in whatever we're doing because very often if I make a decision and the decision is really born out of lack of patience, it may not and most likely won't be the best um, thing to say or do. So, <clears throat> Well, in these days, we have to have yeah. so much patience with people learning new things, learning new ways, learning faster, quicker, better technology. Mm-hmm. And there's, um, along with that patience, is the resilience and mm-hmm. the care and development of people, mm-hmm. which when I do my work in leadership development and strategy and planning, mm-hmm. uh, seems to be one of the biggest frustrations, and that is everybody doesn't move as fast as leadership, and contrary to popular belief, public sector and nonprofit leadership are moving double time these days. Well, and sometimes, and sometimes you have employees who are like, "Could you move faster, leaders?" So I mean, <laughs> oh, I think right. it's a, I, you know, I've seen a cut in both directions. I've I've seen middle managers and people below middle managers really, as far as organizational structure go, be frustrated when they have upper management who it feels like moving at a snail pace. And obviously, we always realize that strategically, some of that snail pace is because of the challenges that they may be facing dealing with external and other major key stakeholders. Um, but anyway, just a thought. Um, Valerie. Yes. Any thoughts you have on that before we uh, move to that yeah, next place? I, I totally agree. Patience is, I think, probably one of the most critical skills because you've got to be patient with the process. Um, and oftentimes we start moving and changing things before we've given process a time to work. I think as leaders, we often get ahead of ourselves, so I absolutely think that you and Linda are right when you talk about patience. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and I'll take this to, I, I was actually coaching a, um, a young woman yesterday, mm-hmm. and, um, and she is, you know, real, she's a fabulous leader, uh, went from corporate America, is now in a municipality, and she's really faced with some critical decisions much of it having to do with the challenges of ineffective leadership that she's reporting to. And, you know, the big question is, you know, kind of like what do you do? Do you coach up? To what extent do you coach up? To what extent do you um, get out and so on and so forth? And I think what I've Mm -hmm. come to appreciate over the years in working Mm -hmm. with many is that um, you'll go back to these organizations years after years, and a lot of your really bright – Great employees. Now, some have stayed and they continue to grow within the organization, but we have too many that we lose because they do become challenged and impatient with the ineffectiveness that they see Uh in leaders Uh above and around them. And what unfortunately can happen is um, that person leaves and the people who are ineffective stay and... Uh and they mm-hmm. continue to be ineffective, and you know, but they stay below the radar screen. And years later, they strategically have retired, <laughs> and they're earning right, and they're earning mm-hmm. retirement. And you've left, and you're out of that system. And so, you know, my my conversation to her was not to make that decision out of yeah. impatience, and to really be, you know, we talk about being strategic in our work lives, but we also have to be strategic in our personal lives. 
and um, think what is that long-range goal and, um, you know, where do I want to be 20 years from now mm-hmm. or where wow. do I want to be 15, 10 years from now as relates to being positioned for retirement and really making decisions not simply based on what's happening in that moment but also based on strategically where do you want to be and because sometimes the long-range view may change the, the, the um, decisions that one might make yeah. if they're operating on a day-to-day basis in their personal life. So just something else to kind of think about with regards to patience and navigation and, you know, what's the full system. And, you know, I love to think of working from leadership from the inside out, working, having that person get clear on themselves and bringing what they bring as that whole person um, and then applying those same principles that we have them really think about applying to the world outside of them to their own personal life, so that they also are thinking strategically and acting tactically. They they can do their day-to-day stuff, but they're also, every decision is consistent with, you know, what's my vision for my own personal life? So just a, kind of a thought from that space of um, of acting in a, uh, maybe one might say, strategic way. But um, with that, Valerie, why don't I put it on over to you and see if we have some questions for our listening audience. Yes, Dr. G, we do have a couple of questions. I think we'll start with um, Arnold from Georgia. He says, what is strategic leadership and what does it look like in action? Uh, What does strategic leadership mean to you? Mm, Great. Thank you, Arnold. I love that question. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Arnold from Georgia. We appreciate your question. And, Valerie, thanks for um, bringing that to our attention. Um, either of you want to go for it first with regards to responding to Arnold? Do you want me to give a stab at it? Mm. Okay. Uh, Linda, <laughs> what, you want me to go first or would you like to? Is Linda still on the line or did we drop her? We may have lost Linda. So, Arnold, okay. I'll start off. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, Hello, say, can you hear me? Oh, we can hear you. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. I was going to say, if you want, I'll take a stab at that, what is strategic leadership. Okay. Um, And what does it look like in action? Maybe if we just um, answer Arnold's questions, that piece of it? Yeah. So think about um, how people behave based on their values and belief systems. So part of what the inside person who is the leader, as Cheryl referenced earlier, their strategy is to think forward, is to think about what can be done, to think about the possibilities and the uh, external relationships, as well as to think about um, the value in strategic leadership of relationships. So it's not only productivity and results and what we do in the community to make the community more uh, sustainable and secure. It's also our relationships that we have one-on-one with people that I think is a very strategic connection that a lot of folks uh, don't pay enough attention to. Mm -hmm. And I've been doing some work with a concept by Linda... Hill out of Washington, D.C. So, Linda, that's great. We're going to actually hear about what what you've been doing with Linda Hill in just a moment. I'm going to put a comma there because it sounds like we need to go to break. 
So please stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, Inspiring Solutions. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. G. Her email address is drg at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. We spend 70% of our week in the office. What is the difference between enjoying your job and enduring it? The number one motivator is a positive work environment. And that's where Real Recognition Radio comes in. Join your hosts, Roy Saunderson and S. Max Brown, as they take a look at the positive factors of the workplace, such as employee rewards, recognition, incentives, and much more. Tune in to Real Recognition Radio, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. and Jenny Frumer. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to drg at innovations.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Before we went to break, um, Linda was going to share with us some of what uh, she's been working on as relates to uh, strategic leadership. Arnold, again, we thank you for your, for your question, and we're continuing to respond to it. Today's show is really dealing with thinking global, acting local, I mean, acting, uh, acting local, so think global, act local. And we're really bringing the leadership concept and thinking when we talk about global, not so much into the international realm today, but really more into the strategic realm which could include um, certainly our international partnerships and those things that impact us internationally, but also just having us as leaders be mindful of thinking, not only of my immediate area of responsibility, but how that also impacts systems around us. So with that, Linda, let me let you go on and um, continue your response to Arnold. Okay, I'll try to not be too lengthy here, but the idea is that if you think of three concurrent circles, the first thing a leader must do is manage themselves and make sure that they're acting according to their values and beliefs, as uh, Dr. G, you mentioned earlier. Then the next tier is manage your team, and we all know how important that is. 
Um, and the third tier is to manage your networks. And one of your networks is your operational network, which is where most technical people, whether they're in nonprofits or other uh, public agencies and corporate America, tend to gravitate toward people who have the same professional background. And the concept is that we should gravitate more towards people who are on our, in our industry, have a similar uh, view to the future, have a strategic connection outside of our own organization. And in the uh, school of thought that we all do better when we develop and work through our strengths, the strategic leadership development and behavioral piece is how can I learn from others on their strengths and how can I share from others through my networking and strategically thinking where does this trade-off of mentor-coach, mentor-mentee or peer coaches is another way we think of that fit into the strategy of leadership, being a better leader, coming up with more inspired solutions, et cetera. Okay, And I think we were going to ask our audience a question. Mm -hmm. Is that true, Dr. G? Yeah, I I do. I think we were talking on the break, and I I think it would be great if um, anyone, uh, and we can think about it ourselves too, but if there's anyone out there who might share with us someone who you just think in general is a good leader and who that might be and why, it would be great to hear from our listening audience um, your response to that question. I want to go back to Arnold's question and just kind of share some of my own thoughts on strategic leadership. I agree wholeheartedly with um, the perspective that Linda brought and um, would add to that perspective my view that uh, when we think about strategic leadership, really thinking about that person who's going to think about more than today and tomorrow, uh, but really futuristically, how is today's decision uh, al- how does it align with where we're headed futuristically? So really looking at that strategic filter for that organization, what's the mission, what's, what's the mission, what's the vision, what are the, what are the values? Mission being, again, um, what do you do, who do you do it for, and the values that you add to those you serve in society at large. What's the vision, where are you headed? Um, and uh, so when you've fully exercised that mission, you know, where should it have taken you? What should be the state your state, which should be the state of those you've served, and then values, how are you committed to going about accomplishing that mission and that vision? So thinking strategy, in most organizations, they have some key initiatives that they've identified as being what's most important to do in order to move the organization, advance it toward the mission and the vision in a way that's consistent with the values. So if I'm thinking... um, Think strategically to someone that I'm working with. I'm saying to them, you know, um, how does what you do link with the overarching vision or mission of the organization as well as its values? Um, If you're positioning your area of responsibility to be in line with what's thought of strategically, you know, then what strategies does your function link to and how does what you do today support where the organization is trying to get to tomorrow? So, Arnold, when I'm thinking of strategic leadership, um, that's kind of like one of those things that I'm thinking of. You know, do you have a vision? Are you thinking, you know, down the line? One of the, one of the most um, fascinating and probably just outstanding strategic leaders I know is Joe McFadden, 
who's with the neighborhood house. I mean, who's I'm going to put him in my organization. Of course, my CEO is fabulous too, um, Rudy Johnson. <laughs> so <I was> thinking, <laughs> yes, he I was is. I can Gerald, that. And the reason I was thinking of Gerald is that. Um, Gerald would have me facilitate think tank conversations with he and he people that he pulled together for this think tank where we would um, really brainstorm and um, strategize 10 years out. I've, I've done a lot of facilitation of five-year strategic plans. Gerald was the first that really engaged me in saying, I really want to project 10 years out. Um, where the markets will be, you know, what are the trends, and based on what I'm envisioning 10 years out, what do I need to start doing today to position my workforce, to position the organization, to be prepared for what's coming down the pipe 10 years from now? Well, and interestingly, enough concurrent with that thought, I recently participated in a study by a doctor with a doctoral student who was looking at what will attract leaders in what will attract our Gen Y population who are between uh, late 20s and mid 30s, depending on the numbers, the years, and they differ a bit. But what will keep them in a job to assume a leadership position? What motivates them differently than perhaps some of our either baby boomer or 40-year-old, 40-young, 50-year-old colleagues Mm -hmm. that have been in the workforce. So the particular environment that we were brainstorming that for was recruiting police officers. Right, and so that would be a great example of of strategy. So if I'm an organization and I want to have good retention, then, and I don't want to, to have to uh, waste a lot of dollars with regards to those things that are associated with high turnover, then, yeah, I strategize how do I actually attract and retain employees. That's a great example of a strategic, a potential strategic initiative. Yes, okay. so Arnold, maybe the younger employees. Yeah, so hopefully that gives Arnold some things to new to. Valerie, do you have anything to um, add to that thinking on strategic yeah. leadership? I, okay. Yeah, actually, uh, two things, kind of the... Uh, re re um looking at what you talked about and one is that they're a visionary who's capable of executing a vision because they are strategic thinkers. So I think the two have to marry in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, a strategic leader is one is has a vision but he's also visionary. So while he's he has a vision that he's being led by, he's still looking and other things are coming out. He has more than one iron in the fire, so to speak, mm-hmm. and he's capable of executing. So you have people who can have a have vision after vision, but cannot bring them into fruition. So I think when they're you know strategic, they're able to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And then um, in terms of critical thinkers, I actually because I, I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 I also think about not. I think about being a critical thinker in the terms of how business start how companies start, how things happen, it's what create products and services, that kind of reframing of a problem so that you can get to the bottom of things and bam, you have a cell phone or you have 
you know, cars now that, that are keyless, uh, that kind of, how do you reframe a problem, not necessarily a problem within the corporation, but a societal problem, something people need. Uh, I think they're critical thinkers like that, you know, mm-hmm. and we all know we can all jump right to a Steve Jobs, you know, how do you keep, it's the, it's that critical thinking that you challenge what exists to what can become more than just, you know, let's see what, how we can improve on this. But this is what it is. But why does it have to be that way? And what, how can it be different? They have a curiosity about how things work and how they can be different beyond the ordinary curiosity. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I love think, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, I a, think there's a term, Valerie, that you're just right on, and it's called disruptive innovation, where when, for example, the uh, whole Apple line came along, the way it worked was so incredibly different. Uh-huh. Um, for example, the way our uh, communication data works today mm-hmm. and everything that um, something gets innovated either accidentally or on purpose that changes Mm -hmm. the whole paradigm of uh, what can be done. Take arthroscopic Mm -hmm. surgery, take imaging, take Mm -hmm. uh, the lot that goes on in public health and just Mm -hmm. completely reframing the question is where I usually start with my executive colleagues, are we asking the right question? Because Uh we're so trained to ask questions at a more tactical level, Uh which is incremental change and incremental uh, strategic development, Mm -hmm. whereas the quantum development sometimes occurs um, and fundamentally changes from the world is flat to the world is round mm-hmm. and changes our assumptions. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. so actually, so, so um, no, I, I love that, Linda, and, and putting back over to Valerie. Valerie, was there anything else you were going to add to that? No, but I just thought that, um, you know, I think one more, one other thing that they do, too, is they have a way of interpreting what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, that's so different. It's a deeper look, a, a capacity to synthesize information from multiple sources. I've sat in rooms and watched, you know, a person who was a really good um, critical thinker has a way of interpreting and synthesizing while everybody's having conversation. They may be sitting there and all of a sudden they've tied like eight things together and have this wall, wallop kind of, this is it, you know, right. and, and it's, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of um, mind-blowing, really. Yeah. So, so I'm going to, yeah. So I have to transition to break, but Valley, I love that. That's another concept with regards to just how that strategic thinker can actually make connections and make inferences. Mm-hmm. We're going to come back and... Um, and Arnold, you started on a great track. We'll noodle a little bit more with you if we, um, and then also see if there's some other questions from our listening audience as we engage today on thinking and acting strategically. Stay with us. We'll be right back on more with more on Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, Inspiring Solutions. 
boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. G. Her email address is drg at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Did you know that at the root of every business problem lies a communication issue? Communication Nation, a show that brings effective business communication practices to the masses, addresses a number of topics and talking points that impact your professional development, as well as business productivity and profitability. Host Jill Schiffelbein makes the theoretical tangible. Tune in each Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be ready to become a better communicator with Communication Nation. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. and Jenny Frumer. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to drg at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Arnold, thank you again for your questions, kind of starting off our conversation on strategic leadership, thinking and acting strategically. And Valerie, any additional questions from our listening audience? Yes, I have a question from Reginald in California. Reginald says, I am a mid-level manager working in a pretty large nonprofit I've been told by my vice president that I have to find ways to become more strategic in my leadership. She says I spend too much time getting caught up in the day-to-day activities. Can you share with me some strategies that will help me? Okay, wonderful. Thank you, Reginald in California, for your question. And um, Linda or Valerie, you guys want to start off the response to Reginald, or would you like me to start that off? Well, I'll... Also, a couple of things. I think that one of the ways um, you can become more strategic is just, like, pull your head up, start looking around the organization um, and pay attention to what's going on, what's, what's, the, um, what's happening in the organization, looking at patterns across the organization, what are the relationships, um, what are the trends that are happening, that's happening within uh customer service, what's happening in uh, employee relationships, anything that helps you begin to look at the organization different so that you, um, and then start to think about ways you can respond to those things, I think, to manage day-to-day and have a, a unit that you're responsible for, you have to pay attention beyond what um, what's in your own unit, but how you relate to the organization as a whole. So it's, you know, just 
what's the data, analyze data around you, whether it's a report, whether it's just your own observation, and, and figuring out what's going on. How do you um, help prioritize that in terms of the organization, where it's going, and how you can contribute to making a change or a difference in all of what's happening? Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Thank you, Valerie. And um, Linda, anything you'd add uh, for Reginald to consider? Well, I would certainly say, um, Reginald, that um, one of the things that has always helped people be perceived more strategic is to connect themselves to the organization's strategic plan. So um, I encourage all people at all levels to be very familiar with the strategic plan. And for a mid-level manager like yourself, I would recommend finding an area that may or may not be your technical specialty um, or your functional department, but something in that plan that you can grab onto and take a leadership role in bringing to fruition. And it may not be something that happens this quarter, but it may need somebody that needs a champion for a year or two to pull it through. And that's one thing. The other is that I really like what Valerie said in terms of pull your chin up and look around. And I would say look externally. Where Mm -hmm. do the people who are well-known in your industry gather? Do do they go to summits? Do they go to conferences? Do you Mm -hmm. present uh, the work that your nonprofit has done uniquely as part of a conference curriculum? Do you publish an article in one of the nonprofit journals? Um, How do you get seen and connect to the other people who are potential partners? And sometimes, interestingly enough, they may have been perceived as potential competitors that could now be partners. Um, And so it takes a little bit of all of that to reach out and say what's happening out there or in here at a higher level that I could be part of. Um, And the third point that I'll make that has been coincidental, but I believe there's that it's meaningful coincidence is in my work I have suggested to three executives lately that they make a habit of wandering the halls, which is by no, uh, by no, in no way a new concept. Management by wandering around, lots of things like that, but stopping by, poking your head in an executive's office, while original that may not seem very comfortable, In the first place, all three of the folks that I recommended that to said to me, oh, my goodness, I ended up in the most valuable 20-minute conversation, and now I feel more comfortable with that senior leader or with that uh, particular leader of that function to be more knowledgeable and find ways that I can support and help them be successful. Great. Well, Linda and Valerie, I think those are great uh, tidbits for uh, Reginald to consider. And Reginald, I just might add that you might just um, commit to quarterly 
engaging yourself, um, either by yourself and or with others, and doing a little mini SWAT. Um, you know, very often we think, you know, we evoke thinking based on the questions we ask ourselves. So if you want to think strategically, then you have to ask yourself strategic questions that allows you to and, and um, actually um, evokes strategic thinking within yourself. And so one might be simply, what are the strengths and weaknesses within your area of responsibility? What are some opportunities outside of your area and even outside of the organization? And what are some potential threats, again, outside of your area and outside of the organization so that you can make sure that you're leveraging strengths, addressing challenges, really um, positioning yourself to take advantage of and seize opportunities and also minimize potential threats. Um, and then make sure you're communicating that and that you're actually using that data to, again, position yourself to do those things I just named. The other thing is when you're having your one-on-ones with your um, mid-level manager who's, I mean, I should say with your upper management who's saying to you mm-hmm. that you're spending too much time um, on the day-to-day or getting caught up in the day-to-day, that's probably based on what you're reporting in your one-on-ones. So if your one-on-ones are only your day-to-day operations and that's what you kind of put on the agenda, um, then that's probably where the conversation is going to go. So if you've done like Linda is saying and you're getting in tune with that strategic uh, plan, and the strategic direction of the organization, you're being able to communicate the value that your unit is adding as relates to supporting the strategic initiatives of the organization can also help your manager see that you are looking, as Valerie said, up and out and being much more strategic. Okay, so uh, Reginald, again, thank you so much for your question. Valerie, do you have any other uh, questions from our listening audience? Yes. Excuse me. Yes, we do. Um, This question comes from Brenda in California. Brenda says, in working across the organization, I get accused of working in a silo. Truth is, I don't always feel comfortable working in the areas of other managers. What are methods that would help me move beyond those boundaries? How can I forge opportunities to work with others, increase my internal engagement, with others in a more strategic way. Brenda, thank you so much. And California is hitting 100 today with regard yeah. to your, um, your yeah, participation. We well, appreciate well, that. Well, we have one from Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to hear from Georgia soon too, then. Brenda, we appreciate your question. Um, Linda or Valerie, do you guys want to start off with a response to Brenda? Or you want me to jump in? How would you like to do I'll that? I'll start since I almost finished last okay. time. But I would say, Brenda, the number one thing to do is find reasons to start, particularly to build your confidence, with a series of one-on-ones based on what the person that you're trying to support more effectively and get to know more personally would do. So, for example, offer to take a walk at lunchtime. For example, offer to drive together to a meeting. Um, I know mid-level managers who go around annually and have a one-on-one with each peer asking how their department can support their peers' department more effectively. So to me, in an unfamiliar or as a first step, start one-on-one because mm-hmm. it's the... Um, easiest way to ease in and don't forget that resilience if the first couple people 
say, a walk at lunch, are you kidding? It's 120 um, for those callers who might be from Arizona. Um, mm-hmm. um, be resilient. Keep trying. And that brings around much, much success. Mm-hmm. I love that. And, Valerie, anything you might add? I agree. I think um, we have to be more curious in our work, and I say that in the sense of curiosity causes you to seek out things and ask questions. And I think in a, in a healthy, professional way, asking questions is how we get answers, is how we uh, the world opens up to us, and I think that's one of the things you have to do when you work in an organization where you find yourself siloed is people don't ask questions of each other. I think the other is um, to encourage her direct reports to do the same so it doesn't even have to start at her level. So, they Valerie, we're going to go to break, and when we come back, I'm going to have you finish your response to mm-hmm. Brenda and talking about how we can break out of those silos and more, work more effectively across boundaries. Please stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network leadership matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. need to improve leadership staff or organization performance contact InnoVisions today for quality effective and affordable leadership staff and organization development training coaching and consulting services call 858-244-8264 that's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. G. Her email address is drg at innovisions.org. Innovisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Our workplace is dynamically changing. How do you stay ahead of the curve with respect to learning and training? Tune in every week to The Future of Workforce Learning and Development with host Pamela Robinson. You'll learn about real-world strategies, solutions, and resources that will showcase these changes and keep you ready for what's next. The Future of Workforce Learning and Development is heard live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. and Jenny Frumer. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to Dr. G at InnoVisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. And today we're talking about thinking and acting strategically. We, before we went to break, Valerie, I know you were responding to Brenda on how to break out of those silos and work more effectively across boundaries. Um, anything you want to continue to add to that, uh, to your previous comments? Yes, I was saying that, you know, as a manager, um, 
with direct reports, often though individuals under under managers' direct reports are already working together because they have to, whereas the managers may not be aware. So engage her her own staff in terms of who they're working with, what they're working on, and those can be jumping off points for her having relationships with other managers if she knows that she has an employee who may be working with, um, like I, if I use uh, neighborhood house, um, maybe there's somebody who has parents and another part of the organization working with the children of those parents, then there's a way to begin to forge what we're working on together. How can we make it work better? And then you, you start to build a more formal way of working out of those silos um, because it's usually taking place at the lower um, levels of the organization in terms of those who are on the front lines. Mm-hmm. So I think just really understand who her team is working with in the organization. Mm-hmm. Fabulous. Thank you, Valerie. And Linda, I think those are some good um, food for thought for Brenda. And Brenda, to add to that, you know, I don't know um, where your discomfort comes from with regards to working across those boundaries. Um, but one of the organizations that I work with that just has, I think, fabulous information available and they do a wonderful job of leadership training, is the Center for Creative Leadership. And one of the um, many uh, models that they use um, is spanning uh, boundaries with regards to boundary spanning. They talk about um, supporting leaders and breaking out of um, their silos and, and really empowering a person to do that by getting that person first to become real clear about their area of responsibility and kind of having the conversation initially about what is my area, what's distinct about my area, uh, what's unique about it in relation to others, but so that everyone gets clear on what their boundaries are. But you get clear on your boundaries so that then there's no fight for that clarity because you have it real clear. And then that next step after you've kind of identified the boundaries so that you can manage them, you then begin to forge common ground that kind of taps into how might we integrate and work effectively with each other to then be able to, through our affiliation, through our unity, through our connection, um, you know, really, what is it? What is, what is the connection? What's the common ground? So it's kind of forging the common ground. You know, what's the, um, what are those things we share, be it goals, um, be it um, the need for affiliation and unity, be it the need for support, what do we share? And then from those two, then being prepared to really, in a comfortable way, combine and integrate what's been identified as the common ground, what's been identified as that which is different, to become innovative and say, what are some new frontiers that we can actually forge and discover together. So that last space is really about discovering new frontiers. Um, but maybe having a process that allows you to just kind of think about, you know, are there some people you're not able to partner with because you're not sure that if you, you know, you're not sure where their stuff starts and your stuff stops and you kind of like or you don't like the things not being clear um, because if you begin to try to work with them, they might get too far into your area. Um, sometimes that can create some discomfort. So maybe even starting with clarifying the boundaries and then, you know, forging that common ground and then beginning to have that conversation. To do that, which you feels like you're really pushed to do, is thinking about how you might um, really leverage working more effectively across the span there. So uh, thank you, Brenda, for your question and hope that gives you some food for thought. And uh, Valerie, do we have any other questions 
from our listening audience. Yes, I have a question um, from Simon in Texas. It says, what additional qualities or abilities would you say a person need to possess in order to effectively demonstrate strategic leadership? Mm, Nice question. And that was Mm -hmm. from, what was the name in Texas? Simon. Simon. Okay, thank you, Simon. Appreciate that question. Um, either if you want to begin a response to Simon, Valerie, or Linda? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think one of the things that a, a strategic leader has to be an excellent communicator. Mm, and I don't, just mean the, I don't just mean the ability to speak clearly, but to be understood and to connect with people in a way that inspires um, fellowship, that inspires commitment, um, communicate not just with words but with actions and with uh, the way they connect and model what they believe. Um, I think that's so critical uh, in how and who you connect with. And can I add to that? Um, I may have mentioned in a previous episode that I've recently joined a uh, group of parents who parent 12- and 13-year-old teens. So I have a 12-year-old and um, am learning day by day. And the number one piece of advice, which became a conversation about leadership and is completely overlapping and appropriate, is to truly listen and to seek to understand Mm -hmm. before we as leaders or in our leadership role as parents is to truly understand and listen and not be prepared to say why uh, a new business idea won't work, but to say, tell me more about that and have you thought about and to develop really finely tuned inquiry skills as compared to advocacy. We also know through the work that's being done on trust in many organizations, that a lot of relationships built on trust, which leads to leadership, and one of the core pieces of trust is, do I believe that person really understands my point of view? Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean the answer is yes, you can have a bigger budget or more staff or other things like that. It means, have I conveyed that I truly understand because I've listened and inquired. And then, and uh, Covey would say, seek first to understand um, as appropriate. But to me, I think that is such a key component. We as human beings missed something when we forgot to equalize the ratio between two ears and one mouth. Yeah, no, I, I love that. I, I love that. And I actually want to jump back before we have to end the episode to what Valerie was saying about, um, you know, leading the way through example. In our, in our executive leadership team uh, meeting this morning, our CEO, uh, Rudy Johnson, he actually shared a writing by Langston Hughes. And I pulled it up here. It says, live your, cre- live your creed. I'd rather see a sermon than to hear one any day. I'd rather walk, let's see, I'd rather one walk with me than just to show the way. The eye is a better pupil and more willing than the ear, 
advice may be misleading, but examples are always clear. Mm-hmm. And the best way of teachers are the ones who live their creed, for to see good put into action is what everybody needs. Mm-hmm. I can soon learn to do it if you let me see it done. I can watch your hand in motion, but your tongue too fast may run. And the lectures you deliver may be very true and fine, but I'd rather get my lesson by observing what you do. For I may misunderstand you and the fine advice you give, but there's no, understand, there's no misunderstanding how you act and how you live. So I thought I'd close on... Um, Beautiful. Uh, yeah, Live the Creed by uh, Langston Hughes. I appreciate Rudy sharing that with us this, today. And Valerie, I appreciate you bringing it at home. And both Valerie and Linda, as well as all of our listening audience, I really appreciate your engaging in our conversation today. So please join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, Inspiring Solutions. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. and Jenny Frumer is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter. Oh,